This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. I'm Alicia. My name is Stacy. Thanks for joining us today as we continue the good and the bad and a little get knocked down, but I get up again story this week about Brendan Fraser. One divorce, a little bit trashy on the back end. Academy Award winner. Surprise! Incredible comeback. <laughs> Gets knocked down, back up again. Mm-hmm. Stacy, the story is really well done. Oh, thanks. Trash pandas, do be aware that... In this particular episode, we get into Fraser's Me Too allegations and stories. So I want to make sure everybody knows that's coming kind of in the second half and to be aware in case you are sensitive to that material. Absolutely. But a real comeback story. We love Brendan around here. Stacey, really well done. I'm excited for y'all to hear that one. But before we begin today's Mm -hmm. episode, I do have this magic mirror here. I love this part. A magic mirror? Thank you so much for joining us at patreon.com slash trashy divorces to our newest patrons, Sarah F. and Wendy S. Holy cat. So grateful to you both and to our existing almost 700 trashy divorces patrons over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces getting ad free early episodes, bonuses at the end of each main feed episode, dumpster dives, bonus divorces, spider webs. Zoom sessions too. Oh, I, and I'm working on a bonus divorce for next week of people you just love to hate. Oh, so it's I'm gonna so be, excited. It's going to be fun. Got a few other names in the magic mirror before we begin. Wendy C. and Sharon D., thank you for your delightful, delightful reviews on the Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate you taking the time to do that. It means a lot to us. It's always nice to hear nice things about yourself. Big love to y'all. Big love to you for coming back to listen today. Stacy. what do we need to do to get to this whale of a story? I think we need to go, go, go. Stacy. I know we're going to have a lot of trash pandas excited about today's story. Often requested. Mm-hmm. People have wanted the story for Brendan Fraser for a while. I'm going to let you commence your tale. Sure, it's like The Mummy Returns, except it's the actor who kind of wandered away from Hollywood for a while. He's back! When we first met Brendan Fraser in 1992's School Ties, he was one of a group of young actors that were being introduced as the next generation of of leading men. Handsome, not starlets, stars. Brendan starred alongside Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris O'Donnell, and others, all relative unknowns at the time. He followed that up with a long list of movies between 1992 and 1997, when he starred in George of the Jungle wearing nothing more than a loincloth. Ah, ladies. Brendan came on and came on strong. And with that performance, Brendan became a full-fledged heartthrob, sex symbol, super guy, The movie grossed $175 million. Women like what they like. But it was in 1999 when he became a superstar and a major box office draw with the first film in the Mummy franchise. I love those movies. 
a lot of folks do. Yeah, I mean, they're super fun. For a while, it seemed that Brendan could do no wrong. His career was on fire. He was thriving in his personal life. By the time The Mummy Returns filmed, he was paid $12.5 million to reprise his role. Holy cow. I know. Nice work if you can get it. When he was asked to return for the third installment in 2008's The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I don't think I saw that one. Not going to lie. But he was paid $14 million for it. And altogether, The Mummy movies grossed over $1.4 billion. That is a lot of it's a little bit mummy of money. money. Yeah. It's, it's mummy money. That's good. <laughs> it's a lot it's really of mummy. <laughs> and uh, then things got really quiet on the Brendan Fraser end. By 2015, he seemed to have practically fallen off of the face of the earth. Some people took notice of his absence, including GQ magazine, which featured a long article in 2018 titled, Whatever Happened to Brendan Fraser? We all want to know. Yeah, it turns out that a lot, in fact, had happened to Brendan Fraser. Not only had his acting career taken a downturn, but his marriage had also ended. And in 2018, he was an unexpected participant in the Me Too movement when he was inspired by others to share his own personal story of being sexually harassed 15 years earlier by a powerful member of the Hollywood media machine. He revealed that the incident left him depressed and reclusive. In 2022... Brendan made one of Hollywood's biggest comebacks with his Golden Globe and Academy Award-winning performance in The Whale. But before he started winning major awards for his role, he was given a six-minute standing ovation when the film was shown at the Venice Film Festival and a five-minute standing ovation at the London Film Festival. Both left him emotional and humbled. Fans of Brendan Fraser aren't calling this a comeback, they're calling it a renaissance. A renaissance. Renaissance. That's amazing. Which is great. But before he had his victorious renaissance, he went through a very tumultuous divorce. And luckily, here at Trashy Divorces, that's our bread and butter. That's where we make our mummy. <laughs> so Brendan Fraser was born on December 3rd, 1968 in Indianapolis, Indiana to Canadian parents. Ah. They were on the lamb. No, I'm kidding. Um, he had three older brothers. His father worked for the Canadian government, and so the family was relocating frequently. So he grew up in variously California, Washington, Ottawa, the Netherlands, and Switzerland. Quite an international childhood. Yes. Brenna became interested in acting at the age of 12 when his family was vacationing in London. Because I guess if you're just living all over the world, you may also just vacation in some of the world's finest cities. They attended a performance of Oliver in London's West End, and after seeing the musical... And it starts. Brendan, he, the bug bit. Brendan decided <laughs> he wanted to be an actor. Living near Seattle in his early teens, he started performing in plays with the Laughing Horse Summer Theater. When he finished high school at a private boarding school in Toronto, he decided to return to Seattle to study acting. He graduated from the Cornish College of Arts in Seattle in 1990 before heading to Hollywood. Things happened very fast in his career compared to a lot of people that we've covered. His first film was Dogfight in 1991. Again, he's been in Hollywood for a yearish. And in 1992, he was in School Ties and Encino Man. That's a lot. That's that's uh, Encino Man was a fairly successful film, I oh, yeah. believe. His acting trajectory was enviably fast and it was increasingly successful. 
So Brendan quickly became one of the most popular young actors around in the 90s and early 2000s. So after these breakout roles in School Ties and Encino Man, he was in just a string of other movies throughout the 90s. Son-in-Law, In the Army Now, With Honors, Airheads, Mrs. Winterborn, Blast from the Past, and, of course, George of the Jungle. His loincloth-iness. In 1990... In 1998, he took on a different kind of role and received acknowledgement as a more serious dramatic actor in Gods and Monsters, although the film was not a commercial success. When the Mummy movie started in 99, he reached just an entirely different level of fame and stardom. But it was at a cost to his own personal health. I feel like in this era, he maybe was feeling like he really needed to suffer for all of the success he was having. Like he, he, I think maybe he would, he was just a young guy and felt like maybe he had not earned all of this success coming his way. So the mummy movies were these intense action, horror films, comedy as well. And Brendan sustained a lot of injuries, making the scenes look real. So he wants to suffer physically for his art. Yeah. He, I think he wants to feel like he is worthy of like, it's kind of sudden fame for him. And All right, so in the first installment, The Mummy, he was actually choked until he lost consciousness and woke up to an EMT calling his name. This near-death experience happened while filming a scene where he was being hanged by a rope. He told Kelly Clarkson on her talk show, quote, I was standing on my toes with the rope, and you only got so far to go. Stephen Summers, the director, ran over, and he said, hey, it doesn't really look like you're choking. Can you sell it? <sighs> no. So he agreed. They shot another take, and he described it, quote, the camera swooped around, and I went up on the toes, and the guy holding the rope above me, he pulled it up a little higher, and I was stuck on my toes, and I had nowhere to go but down. So he was pulling up, and I was going down. And the next thing I knew, my elbow was in my ear, the world was sideways, and there was gravel in my teeth, and everyone was really quiet. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah. When he woke up, the stunt coordinator said to him, Congratulations, you're in the club. The same thing happened to Mel Gibson on Braveheart. No, no, I don't, I don't want to be in that club. This is safety, friends. Yeah, Brendan said of the experience, they killed me for 18 seconds. Good Lord. No art is worth that. This was not the end of his injuries, though. Uh, In fact, he has said that by the final installment of the trilogy in 2008, he was, quote, put together with tape and ice. I was building an exoskeleton for myself daily. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. (sighs) Ah, well, it was not all bad because a 4th of July party at Winona Ryder's house... Oh, like you do. In 1993, Brendan met actress Afton Smith. They liked each other right away, started dating, hit it off. Everything was great. Afton herself never became a super well-known actress, but she appeared in Less Than Zero, Reality Bites, Fried Green Tomatoes, A Reason to Believe, and George of the Jungle, his loincloth-iness. The couple dated for five years before they married in September of 1998. Their wedding was at the Bel Air Hotel in Los Angeles, and... The future could not have looked brighter for these two. It's all going to work out great. Oh, my gosh. They would go on to have three sons in 02, 04, and 06. And in his 2018 GQ interview, Brendan revealed that their oldest son is on the autism spectrum. Quote, he's a curative on everyone who meets him, I noticed. People have some rough edges to them. Or he just makes them, I don't know, put things into sharper relief and maybe find a way to have a little bit more compassion. They don't put themselves first so much around him. 
Because of their older son's diagnosis, both Afton and Brendan are very involved in raising awareness of autism and supporting organizations that support, you know, people with autism and their caregivers. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Brendan attends many public events for people with the condition, raises money. Like, it's, yeah. Excellent. Yep. He told Howard Stern in 2023, this current year, because my oldest son is autistic and I know how meaningful it is to their families and to them, it means a lot to feel like you can gratify someone just by showing up. It means a lot. So the couple were able to maintain their and their children's privacy pretty well during the marriage, but as the marriage began to fizzle, that started to change. Uh Uh-oh. So unfortunately, Brendan and Afton chose to file in December of 2007 after nine years of marriage and with very young children. At first, you know, publicists are releasing statements about the close and caring friendship that the two co-parents would maintain, but it did not take long before court filings were indicating something else entirely. Yikes. Brendan would end up needing multiple surgeries as a result of the injuries that he sustained doing the Mummy movies, as well as other movies. He said that his body began to fall apart. That's a quote. My body began to fall apart. So he had a laminectomy, which is a surgery where part of the vertebral bone is removed, which eases pressure on the spinal cord and the nerve roots. Oh my God, this is terrible. Oh yeah. Well, worse, the surgery failed. No. So they had to repeat it a year later to actually get the desired results. Then he needed a knee replacement. This guy's in his 30s at the time, I think. His back was still not completely fixed, still kind of a mess. So he underwent surgery that bolted various compressed spinal pads together. Like, Oh, my God. uh Yeah. And he also had to have his vocal cords repaired. Maybe the hanging thing was not (sighs) ideal. Essentially, he was in and out of the hospital for about seven years of his life. Poor man. Which, I mean, is going to take a toll on your marriage for sure. I mean, he's like in chronic, constant pain. And then, yeah, recuperating from surgeries of varying degrees of success. like With children who need your attention. Absolutely. Yes, young children. mm -hmm. So it wasn't just physical injuries that resulted from making so many movies in quick succession. He told GQ, quote, I believe I probably was trying too hard in a way that's destructive. But there was more to the story. Although he wouldn't reveal that he had been sexually harassed, kind of sexually assaulted, until 2018, Brendan had been dealing with the trauma of the incident ever since it allegedly happened. I I think the guy has copped to having done this, but he says it was a joke. Anyway, ever since the incident happened in 2003. And it wasn't just his personal trauma either. He claimed it was a major contributing factor to the downfall of his career, to his, like, just inability to operate in Hollywood. So, Alicia, this is probably a great spot to pause, hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the sexual harassment allegations and the story that really seems to have just hit a big pause in uh, the life of Brendan Fraser for a long time. See you on the flip, friends. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians, Sydney Battle and Matt Belisai, 
Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disentel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back to unpack the additional part of this story. Where this is really fascinating. So when Brendan agreed to be interviewed in 2018 by GQ, asking, you know, whatever happened to Brendan Fraser, he didn't initially talk about this particular experience, but afterwards he called the interviewer back, like a few weeks later, and and revealed what had happened to him. He said that he hadn't spoken up before because he didn't have, quote, the courage to speak up for risk of humiliation or damage to my career. So the story that Brendan tells is that in the summer of 2003, he was harassed by Philip Burke, the former president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association at the Beverly Hills Hotel. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which hosts the Golden Globes, was holding a luncheon, which they do, which Brendan attended. And on his way out of the luncheon, Philip Burke hailed him down and, you know, reached out to shake his hand. And Brendan says that what happened next was that his, quote, his left hand reaches around, grabs my ass cheek, and one of his fingers touches me in the taint and he starts moving it around. Nope. Yeah. Inappropriate. mm -hmm. We're at the Bel Air Hotel. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's a luncheon, for goodness sake. Broad daylight and presumably sober. This dude, okay. So Brendan says that he froze out of panic and fear. Quote, I felt like a little kid. I felt like there was a ball in my throat. I thought I was going to cry. I felt like someone had thrown invisible paint on me. Ah, invisible paint. Right. What a good descriptor. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible thing to happen, but. Right. What a visual for how that that experience makes you feel. That feeling marked, even if other people can't Can't see see that you're marked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, he considered going public about it many times, but decided not to because, quote, I didn't want to contend with how that made me feel or it becoming part of my narrative. He did tell his wife, of course. So he continued, you know, telling GQ that the incident left him feeling, quote, ill and traumatized. He also believes that it contributed to the decline in his career and being offered parts due to tension between him and the Hollywood establishment. Mm, Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Brendan said, I became depressed. I was blaming myself and I was miserable because I was saying, this is nothing. This guy reached around and he copped a feel. That summer wore on and I can't remember what I went on to work on next. He doesn't blame virtually vanishing from the public eye entirely on the incident with Burke, but said that it was sort of a final piece and that the experience, quote, made me retreat. It made me feel reclusive. So they asked if he was blacklisted, obviously, you know, this guy runs the organiz or heads the organization that does the Golden Globes, like a powerful player in Hollywood. And Brendan said, I don't know if this curried disfavor with the group, with the HFPA, 
But the silence was deafening. Brendan says he was rarely invited back to the Globes after 2003. Philip Burke denies that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association retaliated, saying, quote, his career declined through no fault of ours. Mm. After Brendan spoke out about the incident, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association launched an investigation and found that the groping was merely a joke and dismissed the case. Sexual assault is not a joke. It's a sexual assault. They released a statement that in part said, quote, although it was concluded that Mr. Burke inappropriately touched Mr. Fraser, the evidence supports that it was intended to be taken as a joke and not as a sexual advance. Nope. Well, that's heartening. Golly. Philip Burke was not punished over Brendan's allegations, but he was fired in 2021 after he emailed members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association describing Black Lives Matter as a, quote, racist hate movement. So just a good guy all around. No, 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 no. Hmm. Well, at least some justice arrives in some form. Okay. So when Brendan and Afton decided to divorce, they agreed on the custody of their three children, and Brendan was ordered to pay $900,000 per year in alimony and child support. Okay. A lot of money. That's not insignificant. Afton claimed it was a justifiable amount because she ended her career to raise their children. It also was not a ridiculous amount due to how much Brendan was making at the time of their divorce. But soon, with his career in a full spiral towards the sea... Well, he's in the hospital for seven years. I mean, in and out, yeah. yeah. Um, He claimed he could no longer afford that. I mean, it's almost a million dollars a year. That's not an insignificant sum. So it was actually like a few years after the divorce when things kind of started to get pretty trashy. In 2013, Brendan's attorney requested that his alimony be reduced. The reason was that due to his severe injuries, surgeries, and recovery time from the surgeries, Brendan had been unable to work in the same way that he had during the marriage and could not afford the agreed-upon $900,000 a year. Afton did not accept this story, and believed he was only making an excuse to hide money, basically. She fired back, yep, saying that he had been hiding $9 million in film contracts at the time of their divorce, when that was finalized in 2009. So now it wasn't a simple monetary dispute. Um, Brendan was being accused of fraud and hiding assets in offshore accounts. It didn't take long for Afton to request a forensic accountant to get involved to track down the money that she believed was owed to her. Brendan denied any wrongdoing and said that he had disclosed all of his financial records during the divorce. By 2013, when Brendan petitioned the court to reduce his alimony, he had essentially disappeared from Hollywood. He had had a series of box office flops, in addition to his physical injuries, mental trauma. He had also reportedly made some bad investments. In his court petition and subsequent testimony, he stated that his numerous medical issues were a considerable limit on his ability to earn money. According to the Post, Brendan claimed that he was set to make zero dollars from acting in the coming years, later admitting he said that because he had no definite movie deals at the time. He did end up having some minor acting roles, though, in 2013, a small part in 2014. In 2016 and 17, he got a little break when he appeared in six episodes of the television show The Affair. The judge ruled that Brendan was only allowed to reduce his alimony payments if he started to earn less than $3 million a year. Which I guess is like, okay, like one-third of your earnings go to... Right. That, I guess, 
anyway, no evidence was found of him hiding assets, but little, it, it definitely got heated there for a bit. Show me the mummy. Show me the mummy. For several years, Brendan Fraser appeared to be in a downward spiral physically, personally, emotionally, and financially. He could not seem to catch a break. His episodes on Showtime's The Affair were a helpful boost. And then he was cast in the DC Universe HBO Max series Doom Patrol, playing Cliff Steele slash Robot Man. I've actually been enjoying that show quite a bit. He was slowly making his way back to being a working actor. Brendan had also recovered from his injuries and surgeries and was physically feeling a lot better as well. But he probably could not have imagined what was to come with his very next role. In 2022, Brendan made a triumphant return in the film The Whale. In the film, Brendan plays Charlie, a morbidly obese gay man who has lost all quality of life and self-confidence due to his physical condition. He wants to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter before he dies. As soon as the movie premiered, it was praised by most critics, and Brendan's performance was universally considered to be incredible. Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times described the film as empathetic, haunting, beautiful, heartbreakingly moving story of a broken man. Director Darren Aronofsky specifically sought out Brendan for the role, in part because the role was so unexpected for him. Brendan told Vanity Fair, quote, He said he wanted an actor to reintroduce, and I wanted to be reintroduced. So a little similar to John Travolta, Pulp Fiction, that kind of resurrected, in a certain way, John Travolta into the scene where people really hadn't thought about him in a while. Sure. That's a, yeah, that's a good parallel. So once award season started, the nominations and wins were just overwhelming for the movie and for Brendan himself. In September, he won the Best Actor Award at the Toronto International Film Festival, followed by several other regional and film festival awards. He was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Motion Picture. But, you will be surprised to learn, in November of 2022, he announced that he would not be attending the 2023 Golden Globes. He said, quote, I have more history with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association than I have respect for the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. It's because of the history that I have with them. And my mother didn't raise a hypocrite. You can call me a lot of things, but not that. Noped out of that. Noped out of that. In January of 2023, he won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Actor. In February of 2023, he won the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Male in a Leading Role and the Hollywood Critics Association Award for Best Actor. He gave a moving acceptance speech at the SAG Awards that ended with, quote, I never would have believed that I would have been offered the role of my life in this character, Charlie in The Whale. He's someone who is on a raft of regrets, but is in a sea of hope. I've been at that sea, and I've rode that wave lately, and it's been powerful and good, and I've also had that wave smash me right down to the ocean floor and drag my face along there and wind up on some strong beach in a different world, wondering where am I now? With gravel in my teeth. That is so, ugh. I just want to let you know, for real, all the actors who've gone through that, who are going through that, I know how you feel. Believe me, if you just stay in there and put one foot in front of the other, you'll get to where you need to go. He concluded, have courage. Brendan made his comeback complete when on March 12th of 2023, he won the Academy Award for Best Actor for his performance in The Whale. 
He gave one of the most emotional speeches of the night. A night of emotional speeches, I will add. And we're going to talk about some of that in our Spider Eggs bonus segment at the end. So he thanked the cast and crew, as well as his three sons, two of whom were in the audience watching him proudly. Social media and YouTube comments from viewers at home started flooding in with remarks like, I usually don't care for Oscars, but this, this does put a tear in my eye. Thank you for being a good man all this time, Brendan. You deserve the best. And quote, I don't care about awards, but today my heart is full watching him succeed. Aww. Today, Brendan is doing really well in his personal life also. He's in a long relationship now with his girlfriend, Jean Moore. They kept their relationship out of the spotlight until award season began, but since then she's accompanied him to all of the ceremonies. Jean is a makeup artist for TV and films and has private clients like Paula Abdul and Marie Osmond. Prior to doing makeups, she was Billy Blank's director of marketing for his very successful Tybo videos. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. It appears she has a strong relationship with Brendan's sons as well as with him. He's credited more with being his fiercest supporter. He acknowledged her in his Oscar acceptance speech saying, It's been like I've been on a diving expedition to the bottom of the ocean and the air on the line has come from some people in my life. I love you, my best first mate, Gene. Aww. And... Yes, there was a lot of um, undersea metaphors in all of his acceptance speeches for the whale. That. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so, Tub thumping, hanging out in the ocean. There you go. Way. Get knocked down, I get back up again. All right, so, you know, maybe marriage is in the future for these two, maybe not. But let's just hope that they never, ever, ever land on trashy divorces, whatever their choices are. I do love a good comeback story. Mm-hmm. Stacey, are we trash cans here we halos this is halos okay okay. there's a a lot of halos this is uh this is uh the pyramids full of halos for uh brendan fraser who really has he's been through it that's quite a a biography there we at trashy divorces wish him and his continued success absolutely patreon folks don't forget keep on playing we've got a little Goonies never say die. We do. Attachment. It was a good Oscars this year. <laughs> Y'all, we can't tell you how much. We appreciate you being here, spending your time with us. This week on Patreon, you're bringing us a bonus trashy divorce, Stacy. Oh, yeah. Deep dive into uh, the world of politics. Sort of. Going to be kind of fun mm-hmm. there. Remember, friends, if you're into Truman Capote and his swans, you should definitely check out Done and Done, my little sidecast. We're getting deep into that this week. We're going to be back on Wednesday with you. I got a brand new trashy divorce that you may not see coming. And until then, darlings, pandas, friends, holy cats. Keep your hands clean, friends. Keep your hearts trashy. We can't wait to talk with you soon. Thanks again for everything, y'all. Big love. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com 
or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all.